Tom Cruise says penis. Malcolm debuts in the middle, and it's a rain and frogs. Hallelujah. It's rain and frogs. This week on 30 2010. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 302010, the Laser Time Network's journey through three decades of pop culture for the first time ever, tackling the 2010s, sort of. <gasps> That's right, but no more 80s. That is four seasons. You have four seasons of that you can listen to. So, you know, enjoy yourself with the back episodes. It'll yeah. help our and, and in the future, they're, they're going to be in Classic Corner because we've got some important films. Yeah. Very important films of 1980, man. Some of them involve, um, oh, I don't know, workplace disputes and sexual harassment Ooh. and punching people and being a daughter of a coal miner. Ooh. I wish Whatever, I, I get to talk about 9 to 5 in Classic Corner, so everyone shut up. Oh, man. Uh, it only bums me out that, like, we started the show in, in 2016, and we didn't get a chance to go through over half the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. I wish we were wealthy enough to, like, get another show together with much older people who would just do, like, <laughs> like 60, 70, 80. My mom after. did suggest, when I first started this, that we do Boomer Corner, where we call a boomer to get their take. Whoa. Because <laughs> we... We do represent the generations pretty well, but we don't have a lot yeah. of boomer takes, and I can only report mm. what my parents say so Let much. Let me tell you about a little program called MASH. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> but uh, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with us? I'm Diana Goodman, and I am quietly judging you. Ooh, Ooh it's me, Sarah, Kid Genius. <laughs> and still sick. Sorry, everyone, in advance, because I was giving some of that monologue through a a sneeze that was slowly making its way through my congested body. Uh, we have this is going to be a bit of a change. I don't know if our new theme song is ready yet or Ooh. what we're going to do about that. But uh, <laughs> I got to get used to saying beginning as we always do in 1990. We'll be covering the week of January 3rd through the 9th across three decades: 1990, uh, 2000, and 2010. I've never said that before, and wow. it feels weird. It always feels weird, like writing a new date on a check. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to get used to this. But 1990, it's, it's man, feels like the show's getting so old. It's true. It's our fifth year of doing the show, and of course that means we have to come up with a little bit of news to bring you into the flavor of 1999. With, uh, why not with Manuel Noriega, uh, who is captured by U.S. forces in Panama. A lot of, a lot of Panamanian I, action. It's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, last, last week it was uh, in 99, the handing over the canal, and... The week before that was back in 89. It was the launch of the American invasion of Panama to try to go get Noriega. And Noriega fled into the Vatican embassy and got holed up there. And the the big thing that people remember out of this is we bombarded it with rock music. Ah. That became the thing. The psychological warfare is the first time we like really rolled that out in a way everyone could see of just playing Guns N' Roses over and over. Is that over. what it was? Is that what it was? Over. Yeah, I mean that would do it. Driving him nuts. I only remember this being referenced on the Drew Carey show when they were trying to force him out of his house for eminent domain. So they played Van Halen's Panama. Who? (laughs) Wait, who's Van Halen again? Ah, Uh. good one. one. Oh, got so mad for a second. Small women not knowing about Van Halen. (laughs) Little women. Makes me so fucking pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Got nothing else to worry about in my life. 
Oh goodness, but yeah, that's happening. I I don't know what's going on in the world. Yeah. So no, we we annoyed the hell out of him until finally we negotiated for him to surrender, and then we took him back to the U.S. and had a trial, and we put him in prison for a long ass time. And then we extradited him to France for other charges, and then they extradited him to Panama for other charges, and then he had, like had a stroke or brain tumor or something, and then he died. Wow. Yeah, Holy but Lord. he pretty much didn't really have a moment's freedom or peace uh, the rest of his life until like 2014, 2017, 2017, I think. Yeah. Until he died. Yep. Hmm. Fuck that guy. Okay. Don't work with the CIA. The, that's the lesson. Don't okay. work with the CIA. I mean... Just want the someone... CIA comes to you and offers you drugs. You say no. If they're offering me drugs or health insurance, automatic yes right <laughs> All now. All bets are I, off. <laughs> yeah, I had a 103-degree fever and nowhere to go, so I'll take it. I feel like I've spent $200 on, on shit from Walgreens that you have to get without health insurance, mm-hmm. and I am slowly being swindled by placebo products Yeah, guess because I don't know how to take None care of, of myself. None of that stuff works. I know. None of it's real. I know now. But I thought it's all so, made of water and caffeine. Ooh, this promised me this this minty spray in my throat would cure my cold. This is green gel. It's got to work. Mm, God damn it! <laughs> and these, but I did know like these cough drops are too delicious. They're not going to do anything. Did you get the sugar free ones? No, I actually got the ones that literally look like candy. Well, they look mm. creamy strawberry. Yeah, because you know you know it's healthy you when it has well fake just cream. Buy in yourself it. some Werthers. <laughs> put I do I put them out for company, <laughs> and uh, but it's got, we got to talk about this movie because Oof. like this is right around the time I'm becoming a little more pop culture aware. Granted, like through the '80s, I'm watching most of the kid mm-hmm. movies, stuff that hits cable. But I remember this because it was talked about as Tom Cruise was kind of a mainstream hit maker and. Someone decided like his narrative was that he really wanted an Oscar mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. came close with uh, Rain Man, yep. but not mm-hmm. but not quite. And wow, I, I can't believe Tom Cruise's Oscar attempts are actually will book in the they're, next two. They're both. In I was going to show. Yeah, this is a big week for Tom Cruise. Really, yeah. like also Tom Cruise not Tom Cruising around. Like he's Ooh. really <laughs> going for it in these in ways that we haven't seen before. Yeah, and, and they're I, both long, so it's a yes. it's a combined five and a half hours of Tom Cruise. Oh, they're both fucking Oscar. They're both long bummers. I feel like that actually yeah. might be the theme for this week. <laughs> <laughs> in the mood for some long bummers. It's winter. It's dark all the time. Might as well be dark in your hole and your. <laughs> to our to our, no. to our UK no. listeners, Sarah, by bummer, Sarah means a depressing time. I, I also. <laughs> But uh, dark in your hole. We'll also, we'll also dark talk about, in your soul. Dark in your soul. We'll also talk about the movie Long Bummer Seven uh, in 2010. <laughs> but, but, oh. but, <laughs> okay. Okay. It, it, this is not the end of my juvenile behavior, especially when it comes to this movie. Uh, you heard my reference in the beginning, but here it is: Willem Dafoe, Frank Whaley, Jerry Levin, uh, Raymond J. Barry, everyone's favorite, uh, Kara Sedgwick, and Tom Cruise in Burn on the Fourth of July. You never leave. I gotta go. Thirteen thousand miles. It's a long way to go to fight a war. Don't you know what it means to me to be a Marine, Dad? Ever since I was a kid, I've wanted this. I wanted to serve my country. I want to go to Vietnam. I'll die there if I have to. Something happened in the year. Gotta try and stay alive. Okay, you hear me? Exactly clear. Chicago has an Alice in Wonderland quality about it. Things are getting curiously and curiously. Come on, get up there. Get up there. Keep going. Keep going. Come on. Honey, 
a tough movie. And it's, Very tough. And uh, there's, mm-hmm. it, the, the trailer's really nice. It's a good montage mm-hmm. of a young man being shot overseas and being uh, turned into a paraplegic and trying to work his way back into society. But that's not fucking easy at all. It's mm-hmm. like, it's, is this, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a serious movie. Perhaps Tom Cruise yeah. is most serious. Up to this point, yeah, yeah, oh, definitely up to his mm-hmm. point, possibly ever. I mean, yeah, tied he's... tied with losing it, but you know where we're at. <laughs> we're, we're... Yeah, he's. I mean, he's going through it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's and it's the story of Ron Kovic, who is an anti-war activist who, yeah, volunteered for the Marines, wanted to go to Vietnam, went to Vietnam, did a couple tours, um, was super gung ho about it, was injured, came back in a wheelchair. And they spend a lot of time on how shitty the VA hospital is, mm-hmm. how hard it is to come back, how terrible the care is. And then him come back. And I, I had forgotten how much of the movie is he comes back and he's still gung ho about the war because yeah. he's like, I didn't get shot for nothing. Right. And and it's kind of the back half of the movie of him gradually changing his mind and thinking like, wait, no. No, I am opposed to the war in Vietnam. Now I was sent. O- I was sent over there for nothing, and look what I got for it. Mm-hmm. And he's really good, man. He's really good. He's yeah. really good in it. And so, Sarah, did you watch this? Yeah, mm-hmm. not recently. I've watched it in the past couple of years. I now. watched it semi recently too, as well. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. because I wanted to know how you felt about the directing. Because two weeks ago we had any given Sunday, and mm-hmm. we all hated yeah. Oliver Stone's directing mm-hmm. in that. And this is back when oh. He just was a good director. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, I think the directing in this is fine. Well, he wasn't trying to revolutionize the medium at right. this point. Yeah. It's like there's little tiny hints of uh, what's to come in some of the editing and some mm-hmm. of the, the choices, but they don't beat you the fuck over the head with them. They're just little things there of the confusion of war type stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, not like fucking any given Sunday. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, 90s Oliver Stone, I realized I was thinking about it some more after we recorded and it's like he oliver stone during the 90s to me represents the worst of both the boomer generation and the gen xers because he has the <laughs> like self-importance and nostalgia jerk off of the boomer generation but then also the gross nihilism of gen xers and True. those combine mm. in the 90s to make movies that i, mean, I cannot stand get a billion celebrities in after jfk and yeah then... i hate that all of that stuff but mm. this is very, I mean, the the directing I think is fine. I don't remember anything objectionable about it. So I'm I sure remember it's okay. specifically because I walked into a room when my parents were watching this, mm-hmm. and mm. it horrified me because it's when he pulls out his tubes oh. uh, that he pees with. And I was yeah. a little kid, like, and it's like the same way like Sam would describe your some walking in while he's watching Alien. Like, right. you know, they didn't know I was there, and just what the is that and like oh now we have to explain this <laughs> yeah. to this little kid you have and to explain I, vietnam and i went back and watched <laughs> it and, like to confront the scene because i remembered it mm-hmm. forever and didn't mm-hmm. and like remember how uncomfortable it made me feel and how uncomfortable my parents reacted and now it's the funniest scene i've ever seen because it's it's yep. like that game men play like who can say penis the loudest mm. as you slow and so let's see if this translates into audio i bet it does <laughs> it's just me and his fucking wheelchair for the rest of my life for nothing meanest. dead penis run no not with the catheter for god's sake penis Eli I can't stand it anymore the hell with you church they say it is a sin if you play with your penis I just wish I could don't say penis in this house god 
can I do? What can I do? I don't even got time to learn how to use it. It's gone in some jungle, some fucking jungle over in Asia. It's just gone. It's gutting, though. I mean, when you were seeing it not in the context of a child, you know? Like, it was weird. Yeah. It was very weird. Someone bringing, like, little tentacles out of their pants. And, and, <laughs> were you like, is that his penis? I don't know what I thought. Like, it, it, <laughs> is but that it was, what it looks like now? But I, I, I remember it very vividly because it was, it was scary. Yeah. It was scary. And, mm-hmm. I, and I was, like, only 17. I mean, <laughs> look, go back and watch this and watch the, the movie we're going to talk about in 99 uh, and mm-hmm. watch – I mean, I'm sorry. I think I'm vindicated in that Tom Cruise is our greatest living American actor. Um, he, oh, come on. He's the greatest. He's so good. What? He does well, everything. He he's our last greatest. so good. Yeah. He's really good he, in this. He is so good. He's good at yeah. committing to everything in, in every possible way. Yes. But uh, he, I don't think he's like taken a role to challenge it, like where he doesn't know how much he'll challenge himself. He fashions his own roles nowadays for shit he well, wants to do. Well, nowadays, yeah. He writes his own ticket. I'm kind of waiting for him to do something a little different now. It's time. Right. It's time for him mm-hmm. to Real. get a Wonder Boys, to do a Wonder Boys. Something like that. Ooh. I really yeah. need him to do that. something like something that. Something involving a cause that I hate to say it, Tom. Might make some people mad. I know you don't want to do <laughs> he it. He hates that. I know you don't want to do it. You don't want to do anything political. I know. You're too big a movie star. Uh, but I, oh, God damn it. Remember, we, we yeah. played that on bonus time. Like, oh, Tom Cruise is involved in a, a cause. Mm-hmm. And it was about, like, please watch your movies in widescreen. <laughs> yeah. No, without motion smoothing. Without motion smoothing That's on. It was wanted. the most sincere plea I've ever heard from him. Yeah. No charities <laughs> Tears from this in guy. his eyes. Yeah, like, uh, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Did it but, work? No, I. Worth- I, I like the. Is it worth rewatching? Yeah. It? Yes. Or revisiting? Mm-hmm. I I think it is. Yeah. And so. it's especially interesting to see that this was. It's not the immediate follow up, but it's Oliver Stone going back to yeah. Vietnam with after Platoon. He did Platoon in '86, uh, wins Best Picture, and that's a really good movie. But it's about just being in country, mm-hmm. and then this is the coming home portion. And makes a good double feature with the movie Coming Home, which is also mm-hmm. inspired largely by Ron Kovic, the yeah. same guy. Um, yeah, it turns out uh, people in wheelchairs can have sex lives. I bet you didn't know that. I didn't. I, I didn't. What's my excuse? <laughs> I, I don't know. Jesus. Um, <laughs> preferably, I hope you're not crying with Mexican prostitutes no. like you see in this movie. No. Try not to do that. I That's can't afford them. I can't, I can't <laughs> afford no Mexican prostitutes. Whoa. Yeah, I I rewatched this for the first time in a long ass time and was like, yeah, Tom Cruise is really, really good in this. I mean, because he has to go through so much and start out as, you know, like, gosh, Gee Willikers teenager who loves America so much, you guys. (laughs) And then go through the war and Mm -hmm. then go through all this trauma and then coming back and having a series of terrible hairdos. Yeah. It's really hard. I think we agree on the most daring hairdos of Tom Cruise's Absol- career. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Which, by the way, is Two, mostly my hair. We're going to talk about his hair again. Uh, that's that's yep. like his normal hair. That's how yeah. he likes his hair in the other movie. Ooh. Apparently, that's how he keeps it in between films. I'm not okay. kidding. Okay. I'm uh, into it. Uh, he okay. likes it long Also, I have to point out, for a Vietnam movie, it takes him an hour and a half to get to a Credence song. Wow. And even then, it's a cover. <laughs> I was the whole time like, oh, my God, we haven't had a Credence song yet. Is this possible? And then, oh, then a band is playing one in a bar. I'm like, no. Let me guess. Yeah. It's Spin Doctors, Who Stopped the Rain. <laughs> Sorry. That is on the Philadelphia soundtrack for some reason. Uh, I'm not kidding. <laughs> yes, it's the sixth Why? track. Why do I remember this? 
Um, Better question. Yes. Why do you remember? I don't know. I don't know. Why do we remember anything? That's why we do the show. Well, don't forget. Born on the 4th of July. Born on the 4th. Born on the 4th of July. Born on the 4th of July. There, we said it. And if you didn't know Tom Cruise, Oliver Stone, Vietnam, why are you – I don't know. Do you really like movies? Very (laughs) very good. And it's kind of the front runner for Best Picture, almost the second it comes out. Yeah. Yeah. And – We'll find out if it makes it, or is someone driving up from behind to take over? Oh, are we talking about Miss Daisy? Yeah. Oh, God. We might be. Oh, God. Yeah, in a couple of weeks. Like we said, Hulk? we get the, the wide releases of the movies that are still from 89. So another couple of weeks, we got some 89 movies. Uh, and as far as a TV movie we have here... Mm. Uh, Still kind of in a dead zone for TV, but we did find mm. one ABC TV movie, Rock Hudson. Rock Hudson. You'll never guess Ooh. what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, here's a little geology. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it's about a, a band on the Hudson River. There you go. And no, uh, it, it's about an actor and yeah, Rock Hudson, world premiere television event. Monday, behind a public life of glamour and romance. Rock Hudson, every girl's fantasy, the perfect man. A secret that could destroy his career. I'm going to live the way I want to. A world television premiere, Rock Hudson, Monday. Oh, we had a different promo that it's like, and then hiding his shame. Mm. And, and it a really, I don't know, kind of terse way to refer to Rock Hudson. And I think Rock Hudson is, is most famous for being closeted because mm-hmm. he got the mm. AIDS. There were a ton of closeted Hollywood people, but like I think the nature of the secrecy kept a lot of people more monogamous uh, than, than need be. But uh, Rock Hudson went out there. I don't know about that. But, yeah, I mean, this it's weird how they hide the ball in the both promos that we looked at for yeah. this. They, it doesn't say the word gay and it doesn't say the word AIDS. The word AIDS. And, they, and uh, mm. uh, Diane, as far as Rock Hudson goes, like, no one knew Rock Hudson was gay till the second he died. Like, that's... Practically. Yeah, like, right before he died is when people found out, oh, it's AIDS. Because people had seen him... I think he'd been on Doris Day's show a couple months before that. Mm. And people could see, oh, he is really sick. And it was like, well, what could it be? Maybe he's got cancer. I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, obviously a lot of people in Hollywood knew. Um, and I'm sure it was rumored, you know, in the gossip mill, the confidential magazine type thing. But yeah, it was a shock to a lot of people to find out, oh, man, this guy was like so chiseled and masculine. Mm-hmm. He could have any woman he wants. Mm-hmm. It's like because he, he doesn't he doesn't want him. Which is how he we got bored with <laughs> that whole yep. whole gender. Mm. Uh, yeah, yep. That's Rock just Hudson. and he just had to pretend to be someone else in his private life as well as on screen, and that sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just it's the so movie unfair. was framing as like and then rocked by scandal. And like he never lived to see a scandal about himself. Yeah, he... mm, yeah. It, there was like a month or two between uh, the news coming out and him passing away. Yeah, and he was very very sick and hospitalized that whole time. Yeah, so I don't and, know uh, if he knew I, I how people reacted. Wouldn't uh, I believe? Yeah, wouldn't be helped by his best friend Ronald Reagan. Oh. Didn't want to be associated with him. Good, oh. good man, Girl. good man, the Gipper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that is about it for the entertainment. There, even the games are like there's not much listed right out here. But again, we'll we'll do we do a way deeper dive. Patreon.com/slash/LaserTime. But it's the beginning of 1990. Like nothing's really coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially in 1990, the hangover of the 80s. Sorry about that. My face is going to make a lot of weird noises today. It's true. I, There's a lot of stuff coming out of that. I, I shouldn't be doing this at all, but I'm doing it for the for the, for the the listeners out there. Will you project for an American flag behind game. me? Sure, yeah. I should be in bed right now, but I wanted to talk about pop culture for the people. Because if we don't, 
Who will? We know. You either love or hate Star Wars at this point, but not every podcast is about that. Some people have to talk about forgotten Rock Hudson movies starring no one from 1990. <laughs> 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 oh, man. After that... After that speech, oh. Chris passed away, unfortunately, oh. R.I.P. Oh, oh, God. No. I feel better than I imagine normal. him fainting like Mr. Smith goes to Washington. <laughs> papers fall on him. You really do need to be in a bed oh. with your covers pulled up or your feet sticking out. Right. And one of those, like, bags <laughs> on your head. Old ice packs on my head. Yeah, with, like, the, the glass thermometer sticking out where it's just, like, <laughs> bursting out the end yes. of the mercury. Oh, yeah, God. That's what you... I should be doing this behind like a uh, mask that yes. you wear in the airport. I almost bought one because I've really wanted to. I've been going out every week too. And every, every it's the holidays. What am I supposed yeah. to do? Everyone's I'm not taking good in care of myself. Uh, and but let's uh, another day in paradise by Phil Collins is number one. But we do have one new release, and that's Scum Dogs of the Universe by Guar. Cool. Yeah, yeah their yeah. biggest selling album ever. I wonder what that number is. Uh, this is Guar. Uh, I've I've rented. They put out a lot. I've rented <laughs> Guar's movies more than I've like bought their albums. Uh, the yeah. silly fucking movies they used to make, Cause amazing. Because they're, they're fun. Yeah, they really are. Because they're so fun. Guar's they're like shit. comic books come to life. Not even mad that he fucked my girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> you just, really? Yes. Make We're Eskimo run? brothers. Wow. Um, <laughs> oh. And that's about it. Yeah, that's my only brush with fame. Strangled by Hulk Hogan, Eskimo brothers with a. Uh, Lord Humongous. That's pretty good. That's uh, yeah, all right. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll close out with Sick of You by Guar. You might remember it from your parents' wedding. And, <laughs> <laughs> it posits a lot. <laughs> and we will be right back with our first full dive into the year 2000. Year I can't do it. 3, uh, <laughs> a wonderfully ballsy choice of blue, parenthetical, Dabadi, by, by Eiffel 65. Uh, this fucking this song. song. This I, fucking song. I don't like it. I, you gotta hear Brett talk. He love, there's no irony in his love for this band and loves the deeper tracks too. Wow. My console. Uh, Deep no. down, deep down, da-ba, 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 ba-ba. It's like, it's, it's like, remember when Kanye released that track? The poop did he scoop thing, and like I will put lyrics here that will sound like this. <laughs> Eiffel sixty five stopped at the first part. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, mm. But other than that, new releases, nothing. Nothing. You lose. Good day, kitty. Get out of my lap. Uh, <laughs> Smooth by Santana is still number one. Oh, but the movies of two thousands, uh, man, they whoa. really get started. They get oh, started man. big uh, time. Okay, Let I me feel like crack my knuckles. The, okay, so we're going to talk about three movies. All three movies, I, I, I think. Was, Present a slice of American life that is not super pretty. 
Okay. I feel yes. like it's a ugly little pieces, ugly slices of American life, but important. Good night, you captains of podcasts. You queens <laughs> but of podcasts. all l- look very pretty. Oh, yes. Oh, that's true. And yeah. are great. I was... Mm-hmm. We well, had a, we had a dumb. Little, I will disagree on one of those, we, but okay. We had a dumb little contest about snow falling on cedar. Sounds like a, like a half a complete sentence, mm-hmm. and we're like, well, how do <laughs> we complete it? And we're snow falling on cedars are great, <laughs> and, are, and <laughs> that was and that Sounds made us laugh so hard. <laughs> snow, snow falling on cedars in December, or snow falling on it's, there's there's something missing from this title, mm-hmm. so I never saw it, even though it has Max on cedar. Ah, it does. Ethan Hawke. It's got a lot of people in it, actually. Tell me yeah. more, trailer. Murder. Oh, God. Hey! He's dead. It's all over the island. And mystery. We've been over these boats a dozen times. What are those? It could be blood. Secrets. You don't want to hear the whole truth. Why don't you try me? And deception. When did you come across it? You're wondering why I held on to it. Desire. Could it have anything to do with the way you look at her? She's married, Ishmael. That's right. It's Paul Thomas Anderson's That Could Be Blood. <laughs> and, and, uh, snow Falling on Cedars. Yeah. Tell us more. Yep. Well, we also got uh, Richard Jenkins and the dad from ALF. Sweet. <laughs> oh, ALF. I just thought oh. I'd throw that in. We have, And he's bad. He's a bad guy. Oh, mm-hmm. awesome. He's mean. Racist. He was always mean on ALF. He sucked. Yeah. And the mom, who is the, the German mom... Also, is mm-hmm. in everything. What is that lady's name? You know him? Oh, yeah. Catherine Zeta Jones? No. 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 Uh, um, and often plays a bad guy. Uh, Maya Rudolph. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, no, she's. Oh, shoot. I got to find her name. Because um, she is. She's a total hey, it's that guy. And yep. Celia Weston. Her yeah. name is Celia Weston. She she is a total hey, it's that guy. Mm-hmm. She is on everything. Often as, yeah, like the lady behind the desk that you have to ask nicely for a report, maybe. Yep, yep. And she's mean to you. Yep. Yep. Would you like to tell them what Snow Falling on Cedars is about? No. I don't um, know. Sarah. Oh. Okay, so, well, first of all, I read the book a long time ago. Okay. All right. Um, but I, then I watched most of the movie recently, again, um, just to, mm-hmm. and it has to deal with American internment of Japanese Americans, which mm-hmm. is rough. But a Bad. murder occurs, and a young Japanese man in the, the small fish, fishing town is suspected of murder because there's a family feud sort of thing that is going on um, that puts him right in the bullseye of as being a suspect. In the meantime... This man's wife is formerly the paramour of the newspaper reporter in town, played by Ethan Hawke. Mm. Yep. How did that work? Did I do a good job? That was yeah, pretty, pretty good. good. I didn't pretty hear anything good. about yeah, cedars. Because there's a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. They have sex inside a tree. How's that? It's true. Hey, that's also God. true. Lars von Trier like brings there's... you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, no. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Um, chaos reigns. No, that doesn't happen in this. Um, yeah, so this is, I feel like this is perfect, a perfect example of things that probably work better as books. Okay, that's fair. Because there's, like, there, there's a lot of things that happen, but they're all sort of in flashback. Mm-hmm. Like, the, you know, these two were, like, childhood sweethearts, and people were like, no, you can't be together because she's Japanese and you're white. And then, you know, she gets interred, and he goes to the war, and she breaks up with him, and it's sadness, and it's like... 
okay and it's shot really pretty and artsy and close-ups and moody yeah. and stuff and i feel like in a book where we could hear their thoughts more mm-hmm. it would play better but here it i rarely know what anyone actually thinks about things that i just sense. know they're very moody about them yeah no you're absolutely right about that and i think maybe my having read the book definitely influenced my feeling about the movie enjoying the movie mm. um because one thing i did notice is that there are long stretches with no dialogue where people are just mm-hmm. looking at each other longingly and then looking at the ocean yep. everyone's very cold yeah yep. and wet everyone's cold of it. and damp mm-hmm. yeah but yeah the cinematography and it's robert richardson who's a fucking genius mm-hmm. i believe he shot uh, born on the fourth of july too or maybe not oh, and wow. he's also done like he, all of tarantino stuff he works with him all the time uh, yeah, the cinematography is absolutely breathtaking. Mm-hmm. The movie was about as boring as watching snow falling on snow oh, for shit. me. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, I felt it was so over-directed. And it's by Scott Hicks, who did Shine, which is directed pretty straightforward, mm-hmm. not super artsy-fartsy. And I feel like he's trying so hard to make everything so meaningful yeah. that he's just punching you in the face with it. And if it just backed off, it, it would have been a lot better mm-hmm. for me. Because the story is really interesting. It's, it's a murder mystery, but framed around, you know, the racial tension and the, the war and, and the internment and all that. And, oh, man. Yeah. It just felt like a slog to me. I think the story is really great. And I can't – I recommend the book absolutely because I love mm. the idea, like you said, of a murder mystery it, during this – during this time period, in this setting, it just all works really well. But I can definitely see how it doesn't work as well in as a movie um, if you don't have that background. I enjoyed it because I woke up, I think, early one morning. I've been sleeping weirdly. And it's a very quiet, meditative movie to watch on like mm-hmm. a winter's morning. And so I enjoyed yep. my experience with it, drinking my coffee and and just like <laughs> hanging out by myself and watching this and being all cozy. But yeah, yep. I, I think your criticisms are definitely valid for sure. Yeah. Read the book though. It it's is great. Yeah. <coughs> it is very pretty and wintry. You could mm-hmm. just put it on like a Yule log. Mm-hmm. Oh, very sad, depressing <laughs> Yule log. And also too, I mean, really not enough is said or – people don't know enough about the our internment of japanese americans and how horrible yeah. and ugly i, I didn't it know until is. 15 years ago that it happened it is a mm. terrible terrible blight on our country's history and um yep. more more things should be more art should be made about it honestly mm-hmm. yeah in and around it i mean yeah. if you just make a movie that says internment was bad you guys mm-hmm. it's just gonna feel preachy but if there's a larger story around it like that's why i liked um the terror that the last season of the terror took place mostly in an internment camp. Oh, okay. and it's actually you know just a spooky ghost story but you get the whole feeling of what these people are going through that's mm-hmm. like at a time when we're shipping people off to go fight nazis for stealing all of the jews's stuff and putting them into camps mm-hmm. we were stealing people's stuff and putting them into camps absolutely and this movie does <sighs> really go into i mean they show people coming to these japanese americans homes taking things out of their homes they're you know family 
heirlooms that they have had in their family for generations, religious heirlooms that they've had, putting them in a box mm-hmm. and throwing it in the back of a truck saying, you can't have this anymore. And then eventually taking the family and throwing them back in a tr- in the back of a truck and saying, you have to go mm-hmm. live now in this internment camp. And it's, it's horrible. It's horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. Yeah. And these are members of the community who, you know, yeah. were fully part of the community. Not that, that yeah. have any bearing, but yeah, they're exactly. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's very intense. And George Takai, he can't do it all, you guys. <laughs> I know we're not going to have him forever. Exactly. I hate to. We're gonna. We're gonna. You know. One day we're gonna not have George Takai, and yeah, he's great oh, on that I, stuff. Yeah. Mm. He was on the Terror too, and he was cool to see mm. him pop up. And be like, well, yeah, George Takai. He, he just recently wrote a play about his experience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, he's doing yeah great work. But That's how bad the American government can be. It can lock up Sulu. That's right. <laughs> Sulu. Sulu. Locked up baby Sulu when he was a baby. Mm. All right. So that's no falling on cedars. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. All right. I think the other two we might agree on a little bit more. Mildly Probably. less boring. I'm just kidding. I like this movie way more than I thought it would. And I this thought next it would, one? Yeah. I mean, at the time, I haven't rewatched it. But, well, I um, watched it mm. again recently and mm-hmm. fucking love it. Really? It's great. Yeah. yeah. It's really great. Yep, another, now, this is a good book adaptation, I would say. I would agree. Compared to Snow Falling on Cedars. I and, mean, and this one has Paul Rudd in a wheelchair. Is that oh, true? It, has, it does. Paul Rudd in uniform. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Swoon time. Oh, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, baby. And yeah, then he's in a wheelchair, and that's sad. Still swoon time, though. I'll take Paul Still Rudd swoon time. in oh, any man. form. Uh, yeah, cider. The cider house rules. Cider house rules. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from the book mm-hmm. by John Irving. I think I've been on record before. Yeah. I love John Irving. I think he's a wonderful writer, and he definitely writes wonderful American stories. Uh, one of the few great white male writers who mm. I find to be actually wonderful and write great things. Um, it's really it's very br- a big breakthrough for them in representation to finally absolutely. have a white male. Absolutely. Writer, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. The Cider House Rules. It's great, and it has a ton of people in it. Erica Badu, yeah. which I was very surprised to see. Good honor, yeah. doing gr- great giant, work, with, by the way. With no giant hat. No. <laughs> and uh, Delroy Lindo. I love Delroy Lindo. Is that the guy who plays her dad? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's great. Mm-hmm. I hate that. I hate it's that guy for me. Delroy Lindo. He shows up in everything. And Paul Rudd. Yeah. Charlize Theron. Doing her Oof. thing. She's great. Mm. Yep. My cocaine. My cocaine. My cocaine. <laughs> yep. Then he just laced my, my but, cocaine. No, he's still doing an accent. And our greatest creepazoid yes. actor, Toby Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> just saying that there's a scene where Toby Maguire and Charlie Throne sleep together. I'm like, just cast somebody else. He's just like, <laughs> like <laughs> I think Toby Maguire is a great actor. I mm. love a lot of stuff that he does. Ice Storm. Mwah, love it. Yeah. But man, is he a creepazoid. Yeah. He looks like a guy who would just drool on your titties. He looks haunted. <laughs> uh, oh, my oh, my goodness. God, you're right. Mm. But, yeah, maybe play a little bit of Trey Trey. Okay. Homer Wells has spent his entire life helping others. You are a skilled and gifted surgeon. I'm not a doctor. I haven't been to medical school. I haven't even been to high school. Doubtless you will let me know when you're going to find a more gratifying life. I was wondering if you could give me a ride. Now he's leaving the only home he's ever known. I've never actually seen the ocean. Are you serious? 
in search of a world he longs to discover. I'm enjoying my life here. I'm enjoying being a lobsterman and an orchardman. In fact, I believe I'm being of some use. What are you doing with that candy, Homer? She's the nicest and most beautiful girl I've ever known. Sound like you're in trouble already, Homer. Sound like big trouble to me, Homer. <laughs> I think we may have lost him to the world. Miramax Films presents Toby Maguire, Charlize Theron, and Michael Caine in a new film by director Lassa Hallstrom. Lassa Hallstrom. So this is the sneakiest Yay. sneaky movie in the world because, yeah. oh, it's a fun app movie about picking apples <laughs> and being in New England during the most beautiful mm -hmm. time of the year. Just kidding. It's about abortion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. This whole movie. I think I've never seen a movie, a mainstream movie especially, in which Abortion is good and fixes everything. I know. I love it. <laughs> it's like, that's so crazy that this is a very pro-abortion movie. That, Absolutely. And at first, like, when you're first watching it, it's like, okay, well, Michael Caine runs this orphanage, and he's also, like, a gynecologist obstetrician. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, a girl shows up who's, like, tried to perform her own illegal abortion. And mm. it's, it's so harrowing to be like, oh, God, this is this is what it's like this yeah. is what it could go back to oh this she, is awful she went to a back alley person who didn't know what they were doing and yep. stuck her in the vagina with a crochet hook and she dies yeah sorry I mean, it's, it's important that people very, know that this is yeah this is what happens. it's important to know that that can be done right like just if abortions the, yeah with this needle they the, do it all the, the time crocheting. no okay, okay. no no, 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 no. You gotta have, if your hands are shaky. If you had a couple drinks, don't do it. All right, I'm done with this joke. Leave yeah. You go back to the movie. That's terrible. Anyway, yeah. So they kind of sneak in. You think about, oh, it's about these sweet orphans and all that. It's like, <laughs> surprise abortion. And then you're like, oh, well, they're they're done with the abortion stuff. Now he's moved on with Charlize Theron. And, oh, they're picking apples. And we've got all the people who work, you know, at the cider mm -hmm. farm. And surprise, abortion's back. And <laughs> also with the side of incest. Yep. Yeah. How about that? I it's am, heavy. I'm so full right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's a this... really good argument for uh, abortion rights that they're Absolutely. making. Honestly, and like I said, oh, so weird. Another t ugly slice of time in American history where people could not get abortions—a mm -hmm. time that we are rapidly hurtling towards right now as we speak. And it's almost like yep. when abortions and it's became legal. Terrifying. Uh, you can spot any movie as old when it has an orphanage. <laughs> like, <laughs> have abortions mm. eliminated orphanages? No, that yeah. that in the foster system though. Yeah, the foster, the foster system. system. The maybe we shouldn't just put them all in a kid jail yeah. and not help raise them or anything. Well, that mm -hmm. came back in that's a different way. That's probably a good idea. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh, but I should mention uh, Eric Per Sullivan. Is Dewey from Malcolm in the Middle is in this? That's He's right. having a great week. And Kieran Culkin. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. this movie is wonderful. Mm. I just love it. It and really is. I love how every character in this movie is complicated they have complicated mm -hmm. motivations they are not a hundred percent good or a hundred percent bad they are they're very complicated and the movie treats them as such and does not try yep. to you know villainize anyone uh, too bad or lionize anyone too much um mm -hmm. it is yeah, they're complex characters. Very complex. You're right. Yeah. It, it would be very easy to make them very flat, yeah. one-dimensional characters. And make Michael Caine's character as, you know, this, like, 
saint saint exactly who's like yeah. doing all the right things and da 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 and make toby mcguire's character this like wide-eyed you know right off the turnip truck you know mm-hmm. innocent and make the you know the people who end up being the villains in this movie to be these 100 percent evil bad guys mm-hmm. but nobody's like that um because mm-hmm. that's not how life works right and yep. it's just fantastic yeah yeah, yeah. I remember. and it's beautiful too by yeah. the way oh it really is and Les, Leslie Hellstrom is a, a filmmaker I find fascinating because he's made some great movies a lot of them underrated mm-hmm. uh Once Around one, My Life as a Dog What's Eating Gilbert Grape oh, Chocola wow. oh wow. those are some really good movies yeah I love those and and then some they're like well that's, at least it looks interesting like Casanova or Salmon Fishing in the Yemen and then oh, boy. that fucking Sounds like Miramax grew a director in a lab. (laughs) Yeah, but then he did that fucking A Dog's Purpose and Nutcracker in the Four Realms. And I was like, what are you... (laughs) Why would you hire him for, like, an effect spectacular? Well, what else are people hiring Uh... him for? Like... Like they're the, all the movies just talked about. I I don't see being in our local cineplex. Just I think he should do yeah. all John Irving adaptations from here on out. Mm. Just do them all. I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah. actually give a prayer for Owen Meany the right. Yeah, the right stuff. What's Sarah talking instead about? of what we got, which was that one uh, Simon Birch. <laughs> right. Okay, got it. Not got a great it. adaptation. Yeah. Also, he did Abba the movie. Okay. <laughs> Wait, are you talking about Mamma Mia? No, Abba, oh. colon, the movie from oh. 1977. Okay. The concert film stuff. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's an interesting filmmaker. I, I give him that. So, yeah, Cider House Rules. Um, Fuck yeah, it does. Well, another one that's sort of like, <laughs> yeah, I could just sort of put it on in the background as, as visual wallpaper. It's so beautiful. It was, uh, I have a, my, my, my negative relationship with this is dating a girl, you know, back in the day when you only had like 10 DVDs and this mm-hmm. is one of them. And no one wants to adjust the radio, so you movies just get thrown on. I'm like, Jesus, we're watching this again. So yeah. I've seen Satterhart's rules so many times in bits and chunks. Well, there um, are parts of it that are very romantic. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I just can't say, I just, it's so rare to see a movie where abortion is treated. The only other movie I can think of where abortion is treated this way as a, you know, level-headed medical solution that saves people's lives and and takes care of people is a uh, obvious child oh. beer drink oh wow beer drink i've not seen but oh. obvious child i've seen oh, yeah. many beer times drink. and you know, i love it watch dolores umbridge do something truly evil <laughs> sorry that's the oh, joke for the four people who saw this um yeah uh and yes all right all right oh boy on to the, okay. the, the big Moving rodeo the actual best the- movie of the best movie of 30 2010 so far Ooh. But, like maybe it's, i was well, more excited i was more excited <laughs> i was more excited when sarah was going to shit all over this yeah like, that's and then i changed my mind to. again <laughs> um but <laughs> massive cast jason robart john c riley julian moore bill macy uh melora waters philip seymour hoffman philip baker hall tom cruise and yeah magnolia I used to be smart, now I'm just stupid. There is the story of the dying man. I'm Earl Partridge. I have a son, you know. You do? Uh, find him. I'm Frank T.J. Mackey. His lost son. What did he say? Because I am not going to take care of him. What does he want? And the dying man's wife. I'm Linda Partridge. I took care of him through this, Alan. What now, then? Me and him. Did you understand? There's no one else. No one else. The caretaker. Hello. I'm Phil Parma. See, this is uh, the scene of the movie where you help me out. And there is the story of a mother. I'm Rose Gator. 
You come home soon after the show. I love you. And the daughter. I'm Claudia Wilson Gator. Now that I've met you, would you object to never seeing me again? And the police officer in law. I'm Officer Jim Curring. My life is very stressful, and I'd hope to have a relationship that is very calm and undemanding and loving. So if you are this person, please leave me a message at box number 82. And this will all make sense in the end. This is... I'm so happy right now because this is just <laughs> this movie just should have been called Beautiful Pretension. Oh and, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And, I, and I'm saying that as a fan of the film, and but it, I, I I loved the criticism of it then, and I love it now because it's all true. Yeah. And and Kevin Smith, mm-hmm. by the way, was always like on board from the beginning. I love it, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. They their first negative review comes from Magnolia Fan sixty nine, and they go and beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's it is such a silly movie and, and like and like not really based around any particular idea. That's what I was gonna say. So oh, yeah, when it I was has some well bullshit. It's it's up its own yeah. ass and it's right. They're all everything's connected. No, it isn't. No. And if it is, it's because you tangentially well, made it connected so right. you could tell a bunch of little short films. Right. And I'm totally fine with this, by yeah. the way. Yeah. But like it, it has this that opening with Ricky Jay. This is not all a coincidence. Like yeah. none of this builds to meaning anything. None Are of this crazy? is what is a th- none of this is a coincidence. Mm-hmm. It's a coincidence because mm-hmm. you're filming all these people. Yeah, that's. Not a coincidence. Yeah, there's something mildly interesting mm-hmm. happening with everybody in the world right now too. Like, yeah. but but like it is. Yeah. I I find P.T. Anderson at his most funniest here. Like mostly when he's working with William H Macy. I love oh, yeah. him covering pathetic characters. It oh, makes yeah. me so happy. And I everyone's pathetic in this movie. That's is that the point Donnie. of it? Uh, That's part of the point. I mean, I so I watched this last night, and there are a couple of things like they they repeat the line a bunch of times that we may be done with the past, or the past is not done with us. But it didn't mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. But like the over an overall theme to these stories, I like that they're not all exactly about the same thing, but they do have an there, there is a theme that you can sort of pull out, which is like how do we what do we forgive, and can we forgive ourselves? Mm. okay forgiveness seems to come up a lot as a theme even though yeah they're all these the the stories are very disparate and they vaguely cross paths but not really cross paths right there's several characters in this movie played by oscar nominees and winners who don't have any redemption or don't need any forgiveness and don't have anything to do with that Mm -hmm. who's what did did john c Riley? well he's a cop he's probably done something but philip seymour hoffman Mm. a saint yeah nurse and a saint that's true yeah yeah, he's the only one who's like a good person in the whole movie. And all of these people is they're they're some of them are because they're confronting death and they're thinking about the things that they've done wrong, the people that they've wronged, the things that they've fucked over or screwed up, and uh the loved ones and how they should deal with them and stuff. Yeah. I mean, some of it's tough and some of it's about uh beating up on yourself and some of it's about holding the Never being able to forgive and holding the hate, holding on to the hatred. I, no matter. I, I always, I always said yeah. I, I love this in hindsight because we didn't know MTV was disappearing, mm-hmm. but we were getting a lot of mm-hmm. cool directors who Paul Thomas Anderson would have made great music videos, yeah. and I'm sure mm-hmm. he did at some point. I just don't know of any. Uh, this is just a. It's very fun to watch. It is. A, it is breathtaking as it moves. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I watched it over and over again. There is a lot to like in this movie. Yeah. first of all, but I'll admit it's stupid and pretentious. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. and so that's why we went on quite a journey as I was watching this last night and texting you. I hate this movie. <laughs> okay, I changed my mind. I don't hate this movie. So 
it's t- it's the tough for me to hate. The performances are all yeah. fantastic. By everyone I love. Yes. I think everyone's probably doing some of the best work of their yeah, career. I think it's Jason, R- Jason Robart's last role, too. Uh, yeah. I believe it's his last role. Yeah. I'm pretty Maybe. positive it's his last Poor role. Guy Which get is much. so funny because last yesterday I was listening to, again, you must remember this, yeah, you're right. the yeah. episode um, from Bacall, Bacall After Bogey. Oh. And I yeah, about really, his relationship with Lauren Bacall. Yes, and it gave me some great context to watching this movie last night, which I loved. Oh, is this the movie dedicated to Fiona Appletheon? That's the most dated thing about it. Oh, wow. It's I like for F.A. But, and <laughs> so, yeah, I think everyone's giving some of their best performances of their career in this. Of course, Amy yeah. Mann. This is the movie that gave us Amy Mann. I discovered Amy Mann. Most, yeah, most people did. I oh, dude, yeah, and Amy Mann is still to this day. Fantastic. I can't say that like I'd ride around in my car listening to Amy Mann music, but when she comes to town, it's she is one of the funniest people oh, I've ever seen in my life. She pals around <laughs> with all the comedy people. She's yeah, on she, Portlandia like, all the time. You ever see her like Ted Leo together? Yes. Like it's it is so fucking they funny. They have a podcast together actually. Both is it called the Both Show? Uh no, I think that's called that's their musical collaboration. It was so good, but they're uh they do have a podcast. I can't remember the name of it, but it's on the Max Fun Network where they talk to other creatives. But um, I never heard of her before this. This neither have I. In the scene oh. where everyone's singing, it's not going to stop. Yeah, wise up is great. Oh, wise up, is, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. and I agree with you say like with what you're saying that the running. Theme is, I think, forgiveness for sure and regret. Mm. Two mm. twin sides yeah. of a coin, sure. um, okay. but it still doesn't say anything. Yeah. The movie does not say anything. It almost interrupts any point no. it might make with a biblical event that is really cool. But yeah, I don't know what this means. Yeah, I, it, it's and not I clear to me. N- nobody grow. There's no growing. Maybe. Which is fine as someone who well, loves Seinfeld. I don't care about that necessarily. I, I feel like there are. I think that there's a couple times people come to a crossroads and decide to make a change, which is actually mm. what the song Wise Up is about. So Donnie Quizboy yeah. asserts himself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Poor, poor Quizboy asserts himself, uh, then changes his mind, then asserts himself and changes his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Tom Cruise's character agrees to go see his father that he fucking can't stand. And mm-hmm. It's good. It's cathartic. He needs to do that. Uh, Philip Baker Hall sort of kind of confronts uh, his past demons. Mm. <sighs> Let's see who else. Uh, oh, Julianne Moore um, fails to cope with her demons. Yeah. Oh my God, she's my favorite part of all of this. She her is scene in, in the this. pharmacy is Oof. phenomenal. Yeah, she's the best yeah. part of this movie. I think honestly, yeah, out of a lot of great amazing. parts. Amazing. Yeah, she's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And her but, her storyline I find mm-hmm. to be the most compelling too. I wish we saw just more mm-hmm. of her story, like her life and everything, because I yeah. found it to be. Yeah, I think, I think uh, just in terms of like I'm looking at it as a writer, it looks like a bunch of like I can't figure out how to f- flesh any of these ideas into a full movie. Mm-hmm. But I have cool scenes in my head. Mm-hmm. What if I all put them together and they strung? And they do. And they're, they're stylishly strung together. I don't hate this. I'm not shitting on it. Same. But it's. Uh, but I don't think it's not as deep as it thinks. Oh it no, is. no 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 no! And that upsets <laughs> yeah. me. And also, my first boyfriend. This was his favorite movie, and he thought he was very deep. He it doesn't is. think that. Oh no, boy! And he, it was. I remember him showing this to me and being, being like, "Do I know your first boyfriend? Yes, you do. Okay. So well, my first college boyfriend. There's no way he who is so also anymore. one of your really good friends. Yes. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's. I remember thinking, really. 
but it was like when we were first dating, so mm-hmm. I had to be like, this is great. But then in really, I was like, is it though? Well, I, I watched this. There was a period where I watched this like once a week. That feels right. But it, 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 <laughs> it, the movie does feel right. It's, it's fun to watch. It it, but again, it's like yeah. in a world with no music videos, here's this lavishly shot, well strung together series of kind of non-related things. Yeah, there are and, so yeah. many. Well, that, that was one thing that, that really struck me on this rewatch is paying attention to the music and the editing and Ooh. seeing that's like what's actually like 14 scenes back to back feels like one long sequence. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. way they just move into each other. And the next thing you know, like 40 minutes has gone by and you're like, that was a good scene. Oh my god! It's been forty minutes. And we covered so much. What the? Just because it just feels like it keeps moving. The movie feels like a montage, yeah. and I found the yeah. I found the music to be many times very distracting because it is music. It is montage music. Yeah. There's there's mm. one whole part that's like set to a pretty fast moving score kind of almost like a rock mm-hmm. score but it's mm-hmm. these are real scenes where people are things are happening and and yet it's making me feel like i'm watching a montage something that i don't need to pay a, t- a ton of attention to you know generally in a movie you can mm-hmm. kind of look away from a montage for a little bit because montage. it's just like moving us through time to get to another thing and instead it's showing a lot that's of things happening at once to show us the passage of time yeah and montage. and that i feel like is not well executed <laughs> yeah Honestly, I, I'll, again, I can accept any criticism of this film, and I He's love a, it dearly. I still, yeah, I still think it's a great. And Patton Oswalt is a small part movie. as a guy in a scuba suit. Cotton. <laughs> That's right. But it's just about like yeah. I, when I, I I remember like critics fawned over it, but it's I was like, this is still like, wouldn't it be cool if I put this on screen and mm-hmm. then just wrote, just mm-hmm. made every one of those happen mm-hmm. with no real story in between and nothing leading up to it. Yeah. Uh, and there are a lot of um, wonderful, indelible images and scenes that I'm quietly judging you part. The the mm. date between John C. Riley and um, Girl, I've never seen anything uh, else. Melora Walters. Melora, yes, she was in uh, Big Walters. Love. Like I said, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, the date between them where they kiss is indelible. The interview with. Tom Cruise where he is in his underwear and then he does that weird backward <laughs> somersault into standing, which is like just a feat of strength that I found this? to be All right, someone get her some water. Exciting. <laughs> and intriguing. Yeah. So again, another Tom Cruise movie that is over two and a half hours long in which mm-hmm. he yells about penises. There you go. Yay. Well, double it's feature. about respecting the cock. And uh-huh. taming. The cunt. Yeah, I don't want to say it. Sarah's in right. trouble now. I have no problem saying yeah, this. Eat that, Reddit. Um, but yeah, and I mean, Tom Cruise is doing his best, some of his best work here at also, the bedside table. He is. Him getting me like he's so desperate for an Oscar, he'll do it. And, and like, apparently it wasn't that hard to get him the movie, just most people don't think of Tom Cruise for these small parts. Right. And he was like, yeah, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. But I, I, to my knowledge, like, that's his normal hair. That's how he keeps. The kept, long, kept up in a weird half way. man bun. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think he, he keeps it up like that, but that's yeah. he likes to keep his hair that way. Well, I'm into it, so it's got my seal of approval. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure PT's like, yeah, fuck, I don't care about your hair, just be in the movie. Like, yeah. and and here we go. We have Tom. It's is this the last collaboration with PT and Julianne Moore? Because they were great no, together. Boogie Nights. This no, before that. Boogie Nights is before. Mm-hmm. Wait, this is the follow up to Boogie this Nights, is which, to is, Boogie Nights. which is which is tough because oh. like Third when movie, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when you backwards. have something that hits so big with all the critics and everything, then they want to see what are you going to do next. Mm. And a lot of filmmakers kind of fuck up at this point, mm. where they do something that's 
too indulgent. And this is real indulgent. Oh, yes. But because everybody is so good and it's well yeah. put together, mm-hmm. he kind of got away with it. He totally did. He totally, he totally it is, did. It is like the ending of Boogie Nights made into a movie, like where everybody yeah. gets a little moment yeah. to shine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do think I like Boogie Nights a little bit better than this. I definitely I, I, I can oh, watch yeah. Boogie Nights any day of the week. Do. Wait, and so what did he do after Magnolia then? Because I have my order Punch all Drunk mixed. Love, okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty yep. sure. Yeah, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I think it's a great movie, but I also movie. think that it deserves all of its criticism, and I also think it's very much up its own ass. I love reading mm-hmm. negative Magnolia criticism. Yeah, it also... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, it just has to be said. He needs to meet a black actor. There's plenty of them. And there's just n- zero diversity. There's no, there's God the reporter. Cheetle. There's two. There's there's the... two black people in the whole. That's no right. three. One of them is involved in a murder. One mm-hmm. of them is a street kid who knows about the murder. Oh, and but one is the reporter. That's true. That and she does to, a great job. That has to face down Tom Cruise, and yeah. she does. A great job because I don't know if you remember or you haven't mentioned it that Tom Cruise plays a, a pickup artist yeah. seminar giver guy and he is despicable. Yes, that's true. As a, a human being, a real panty guru. It's the first time I saw that type in pop culture too, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden we saw guess, a lot yeah. more of it. An extreme, ver- an extreme Tony Robbins. I guess I hadn't really seen that anywhere. Yeah. Okay, so this yeah, movie, yeah, this movie is but, more diverse than I thought did it was. It, Dedicated to sexism, yeah. Because yeah. his, I mean, some of his lessons are how to fake being caring, how to trick her into fucking you. Is pretty yeah. much every lesson is how to trick a woman who you don't think is a person into fucking you. All I care about is getting my dick wet. That's it. I'm going to promise that to all of you. All of you have been friend zoned, and yeah. I'm going to teach you how to fuck your friends and then tr- leave them and make them feel terrible. That's, <laughs> a, that's the thing, though, where I feel like I mean, it, that whole storyline was very interesting. I feel like not it didn't go deep enough though like there's what is the connection between that and his childhood like there really isn't and the way that the reporter goes in on him I think there is I'm sure there is but I think the the idea is that like it's about about using people and then leaving them that his father just ditched him is kind of this defining thing why he says that his father's dead and his mom is alive and wonderful and we find out oh no his father's alive and his mom died of cancer and as a teenager he tried to nurse her back to health and she died so it's about abandonment and it's like getting revenge for the abandonment by abandoning others on women specific it's so women specific Mm. though and it's like how does that track though like you think it would be reversed they had they had Hmm. they held the market of vaginas like with an iron fist who women yeah this is a bad joke, and I want to bail on it. Like, okay, as soon as I can. Okay. As soon as I can. I'm sick. I'm sorry. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. We'll allow it. Okay, thanks, ladies. Mm-hmm. No problem. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm glad we're on the same page with it, because, like, yeah, I you don't like it, I get it. You mm-hmm. love it, I'm with you. That's why, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I love Tom Cruise's character, Frank Mackey, in this. I just don't feel like it's very a, a crying, fleshed out. He does do a crying rock that I wanted to, like, just throw up in a Wayne's World Oscar clip underneath that, like... All right, take mm. it down a little bit. The cry- it's very intense. But yeah. I mean, like, yeah. it, that made sense to me because for someone who is so wound so tightly and so bound up in, like, hatred and stress and trying to keep it together and then, you know, being confronted with everything that he sees as the cause of all of his problems, what are you going to do in that moment, especially when that person is incapacitating? 
can't say anything to you. Can't apologize. Yeah. You know, like yeah. what you can't do you do there? Kick his ass. Like you've probably been fast. You've probably been fantasizing about beating the shit out of him for years. Yeah, you can't now. And that's right. why Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is the greatest movie of all time because it does end with Val Kilmer <laughs> punching an old man in his death. <laughs> Because he did do that. <laughs> um, I, 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 yeah, I'd love to have a real big discussion with the world about Magnolia. So please, what? We're Honest, gonna... Oh wait, real quick though, too. I mean, like, I, I do think though there are several storylines that talk about how much parents fuck their kids up, yeah. which I think is oh, very yes. interesting, and I think probably. And this almost feels by accident, the only character that has any chance of redemption or moving on from where they are is the child who is doing the quiz show because he finally t- he tells his dad, you have to be nicer to me. You have to be nicer to me, yep. which is like feels humongous. Yeah. Honestly, that feels like the big the point of the movie is that like it's yep. too late for these people, but this kid can still maybe come out, steer out of the dive. I never thought about bad parents. But again, I guess that makes the movie more interesting than a a quick criticism would give it credit for. Mm -hmm. Because there might be something here to the parent thing. Is everybody here... Everybody here is sort of forced into some... Clearly raised from a certain era. I'm avoiding the word boomer as much as I can. Mm. I I don't (laughs) think that should be a catch-all that describes every problem with our society. No, no, no. Just most of them. But for this, it works because yeah. that's who they all would be raised by. Yeah. And or not raised by. Selfish parents. Or scared parents. There yeah. was a different era. I'm not, I'm not blaming them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, turns out my parents were pretty cool. Sorry about your life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we could dig in, find something. No, I can talk about this all fucking day. I'm not kidding. Yeah. I don't want yeah. to annoy people, but like uh, – yeah, this is this. It's one of those things when we talk about the show. It's bizarre to think about this. This was either number one or number two at the box office. Like the whole world would see this movie. Mm-hmm. I can understand if this hit Netflix for free, everyone would be talking about it. But the idea that everybody went to see this mm-hmm. just means the '90s were better. I'm sorry, we we got the <laughs> Sarah and I got the un, I think... we got the uncut eyes wide shut upstairs. Yes, and the idea of I that being number one it. for more than one week at the box office, like it was a better world. It <laughs> my, just was. It's my favorite Christmas movie. What can I say? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, honestly, you guys, I know everyone's sick of me talking about Tom Cruise, but I do think the big part of that draw, just like with Eyes Wide Shut, is that people wanted to see what Tom Cruise was up to. What are you doing? I mean, mm-hmm. he just came off of Eyes Wide Shut. It's like hugely publicized movie where he fucks his wife in front of Stanley Kubrick and they tur- they had this weird cerebral threesome for like a year in London and everyone was very like what the hell's going on with them and then he turns around and this movie comes out where he's got long hair and he's yelling in a way that we're all kind of uncomfortable about what's this about I think that's a hu- that's probably a huge draw yeah yeah yeah, yeah, especially and Boogie Nights. And Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights was, was, was here. You know, yeah. So freaking acclaimed. So, right. yeah. yeah. Oh, shut yep. up, Kitty. We'll stop talking about Magnolia. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to say something really controversial Ooh. in film nerd circles. I can see this starting many, many fights. Ooh. I like this movie better than Shortcuts. Ooh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's right. I'm throwing down, bitches, because this movie is very similar to Shortcuts, a Robert Altman film about people living in the valley with a bunch of intersecting stories. And then it ends with there's sort of a a mini cataclysm that happens, you know, to to punctuate all the the, the things that are happening in their lives. But the difference being Paul Thomas Anderson wrote dialogue 
and knows when to say cut and add one more <laughs> mm-hmm. camera every once in a while. Shortcuts. Yep. Suck a dick. And they that, both have I, Julianne watch that Moore movie, in them. <laughs> they both oh. have Julianne Moore in them, but only one of them do you see her bottomless. Ooh. And it's not this one. So. Oh, I was going to say, you'll have to watch yep. them both to find out. But Find out. Okay. Natural Redhead. Mm. Oh, girl. Yep. Yeah, you knew that from Boogie Oh, Nights. yeah. I think that's the first movie I saw her in, too. Julianne Moore. She's doing half a scene with her bush hanging out. I'm like, oh, God. Wonderful. And I saw that with my mom. Anyway. It's okay. Why don't our bushes look fiery and orange, ma'am? <laughs> Maybe they did. I don't know. I haven't seen Diane in a while. Like, I don't know. <laughs> She's a natural redhead. That's a vulgar thing to say. Uh, and I, I'm gonna, never seen. I've seen more of you than you've ever seen of me, and you never true. will. I, I I did send a lucky few people a picture of me in a bathtub last, a bubble bath last night, and I'm like, this is hilarious. And I hate these new fucking phones because the fidelity is too good. There's just one little atoll where the bubbles are not, and it's just that's just raw stem. That's, that's, damn it. I sent that to two ladies uh, and, and three guys. So oh. like, uh, and, and, and to take it really quickly in another direction for, for television, one of my favorite TV game shows, or TV theme songs. Yes, no, maybe. I don't know. Can you repeat the question? You're not the boss of me now. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, Malcolm the Middle debuts a show that... Gets, has gotten better with age. Its theme song is great. You can see a Bret, uh, Bret Hart sharpshooter in there, some anime, some uh, Jason and the Argonauts. Uh, I love that this <laughs> This is one of the billion 10-second They Might Be Giant songs they wrote and then had to go back and flesh <laughs> it out and make a full song because it, it, it rose to number one because of this show. Hmm. Malcolm in the Middle was, uh, I don't know if you could say ahead of its time, but was a real chance taken by Fox in hindsight, it looks really expensive because mm. it takes mm. place in a lot of locations, a lot of outdoor shots, mm-hmm. and the absolute beauty of Brian Cranston before oh. anybody knew who he was doing the silliest things imaginable. Yeah. He's so rubber-faced. And, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> we forget. And now he's because he's so, he's so stern and stoic so much of the time, especially later parts of Breaking Bad. And it's like he is so rubber-faced and goofy on this show. I love yeah. it. Yeah, it, it, like dancing around, it, like if you thought Eamon is breaking, his underwear in Breaking Bad was uh, unique, it happens here constantly, but you also haven't seen him roller boogie, <laughs> which he apparently can do. And, 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 and uh, a really good show, and I didn't notice it until the ending of the show. It's one of my favorite endings of all time, mm. uh, a television huh? endings of all time, because they don't say out loud that they're white trash, mm-hmm. that they, they keep mm-hmm. having kids they can't afford. The mom works in a drugstore. The dad has some shit, dead-end job, and that they're always kind of – they're hustling comedically. And I just remember the last episode was like the entire family covered in mud and like putting all this expectation on Malcolm. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I didn't ask to be smart or do any of this shit. And he's like, what, what do you want from me? He's like, to be president. And the whole family just looks at him like, yeah, this is all we talk about. Like, why? Because, like, no one gives a shit about people like us. <laughs> no one will, no one will help us make our lives better unless you have to do this. Like, and the whole family's covered in mud yelling at them about this. <laughs> like, uh, and, it, and he, he talks – obviously, Frankie Munez is talking mm-hmm. to the camera. Ferris Bueller style is very self-referential. The, the, maybe the popularization of whoosh cam 
something I sort of hate. Uh, I'm going to make mm. a reference, and the camera is going to cut abruptly uh, to it. Very scrubsy. Uh, 30 Rocky. Yeah. 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 I, just, I always yeah. appreciate Arrested Development. We know when it's a cutaway. Right. We don't have to do whoosh cam. Yeah. We got this. Uh, but I, I don't know. All the kids on it are fun. They all embody different things. Yeah. One's supremely ugly, one's a super big bully, and one's <laughs> in military school, leading to a whole other weird form, like like basically a camp saga happening simultaneously with the show. And it's comedy, and it takes place within a half an hour. It does drama well. It has great guest stars. Malcolm Middle. I'm really sad that I missed out on this one. Like It just is one of my... I'm usually up on all the TV, but yeah, this is one of my black spots. Black well, it holes, just, it seemed like one of those things, because like, I always called it the... Oh, it's the thing on after The Simpsons. They put something high profile or high mm-hmm. concept on The Simpsons, and it gets a, a bit of credit for a season or two. But Malcolm Middle mm-hmm. rose beyond The Simpsons. It got a Super Bowl show because wow. it was so popular yeah. with like Christina Ricci and Tom Green and a bunch of other guest stars. Mm-hmm. A one hour episode, but it's it's in syndication. It's it's held up pretty well. It's not, as not a single camera sitcom. It moves pretty fast because uh, they don't pause to laugh at jokes. Mm-hmm. It can be it, like well, Roseanne. As a single camera. Yeah, sorry. As, as a single camera. As a single it's filmed. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm of saying. Being in front of a live studio audience. Yeah, I only dropped in on this occasionally. And it's one of these, it's like Drew Carey show for me of like, mm-hmm. I really like this. Mm-hmm. Why yeah. am I never going out of my way to watch this? Now I feel like a dick. Well, you never had to. Um, yeah, although with Malcolm in the Middle, I want to say it's on Hulu now maybe, mm-hmm. but I've seen some really good screen grabs of them widescreening it and it was not meant to be widescreen. Mm. And so sometimes you, Instead of a, a kid being in a shot, it will be his stand-in just just off to the side <laughs> oh, past wow. where the wow. square used to be. Where it's like, who the hell is that? Oh, I think that's Dewey's stand-in. <laughs> 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 or it's like, oh, he's supposed to uh, walk through all the desks and all the desks are full. But it's like, no, they're not. The ones on the sides are empty. That's kind of oh, because crazy. Because they didn't mean to put this in widescreen. Wow. That's amazing. <sighs> Okay, we're gonna That's have to so unfortunate. go to a break real fast with, of course, Avi Man Save Me, the uh, Oscar-nominated tune from so Magnolia. Uh, did it win? Yep. I don't remember. That's a dying no, question. No, it did not. It did not. Every every song was better that year. Oh and, goodness! Uh, except for the one that won. I believe it's the music of the heart one won. Yuck! Of course, because it's always the worst song. <laughs> That's you always, it's always a safe bet. Bet on the one that is like literally the worst song you've ever heard. Okay, all right. And well, occasionally, occasionally a good one will sneak through. Let's close out with that, and we'll yeah. be right back with our first dip into the... I heard someone today for the first time call it the 20-teens. I'm like, I'd much rather call it that. The 2010s? Okay. Feels weird. 2010s, okay. 20-teens. 20-teens. We'll be there uh, in just a second. Take us out, Amy. Can you say? ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner where we look even further back in time to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of january 3rd through january 9th uh let's head 40 years ago back but 
Oh, unfortunately, it's a 1979 movie. It's not our first 80s movie in Classic Corner, but I will let you know when we get there. We'll have a party with 80s themes, I guess. But anyway, uh, 40 years ago this week uh, in 1979, technically it was a 1979 movie, but actually coming out uh, in just 1980 going wide. It's all that jazz, the Bob Fosse movie about how much he hates himself and... I was uh, I was really surprised. The first time I watched All That Jazz, I thought it was fantastic. Um, but it's so autobiographical. I thought it was him saying, like, talking to himself, basically saying, like, if you keep this up, you're going to die. And then I actually learned more about his biography, and I realized, oh, Bob Fosse's actually saying, I'm a piece of shit, and I should have died. And I'm making a movie about it. Okay, so... Um, I think more context definitely helps uh, that film if you want to look for the autobiographical stuff. Um, the miniseries on FX, Fosse Burden, last year was out fucking standing. I don't know how Michelle Williams manages to blink like Gwen Verdon, but she does. So I would suggest those as sort of a good thing to watch together. I'd probably end with all that jazz because that's sort of where the show leads up to of their, you know, collaboration Broadway stuff and plays and movies and all that. So all that jazz slash Fosse Verdon are my recommendations. So that's it for this week. Stay classic. Shardy's like a melody in my head that I can't keep on. Got me singing like na 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 every day. It's like my iPod's not gonna be played, we play. Shardy's like a melody in my head that I can't keep on. Got me singing like na 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 every day. It's like my iPod's Coming in with a giant risk in my pronunciation here. Uh, that is replayed by Ayaz or Yes or the Ayaz. This being the 2010s. Welcome to the 20 teens, as Sarah coined it earlier. Uh, and we have some new releases to bring us in here. Wow, what a fucking era. Animal by Kesha, but also VH1 Storytellers with Kanye West. Okay. Was that yeah. the last episode? I don't know. I had no idea that was even still going because I never watched VH1 because it's just about like people screaming at each other. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was the flavor of Love Channel. Pretty much. Yeah. People exactly. Exactly. Give- People compete to date Flavor Flav, but don't actually know is dead. Uh, and also, <laughs> Unbroken by Catherine McPhee. She played a popular nanny, I believe. <laughs> she was a an American Idol? Duh. Yep. And uh, then, but even more important than that, she was in the mm-hmm. hit NBC show Smash, which is the one thing that I wish more people could talk about, because, damn it, was That's that a beautiful nightmare. Steven Spielberg Smash? No. He, I thought he produced it. I oh, pro- yeah, it. he probably did. About the making of a Broadway musical mm. about Marilyn Monroe. What? It sounds insufferable. That, no, that sounds like a great idea because you know what? A huge chunk of the, the top songs uh, right now on the charts are off of Glee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's like a dozen songs from Glee on the fucking charts right now. Yeah. So, yeah, make more musical TV shows. That's brilliant. Yeah, well, Smash was this beautiful glittering disaster catastrophe and it was amazing and it was about this <laughs> insane this insane musical written by Deborah Messing and her writing right. partner who is a guy that is on Broadway a ton and I can never remember his name but I love him very much and 
they're writing this musical about Marilyn Monroe and they're trying to choose between two stars, one being Catherine McPhee, a brunette mm-hmm. waif girl, and Megan Hilty, who was in, you know, one of the original runs of um of Wicked and is oh. blonde and actually a bombshell and actually a very strong singer and it is totally crazy. And also Bernadette Peters is in it. Ooh. Anyways, wow. sorry. I'll talk about <laughs> Smash all the time because it was wild. Yes, yeah, well, in a few years. Yeah, whenever it comes yeah, up on 2012. TV. 2012. Yeah. But, uh, 2012. Gird your loins because I have got things to say. Uh, I might have to watch it just because I see, oh wait, there's songs by Mark Shaman? Okay. Mm-hmm. The, I yeah, have the I'm soundtrack. In. It's great. <laughs> uh, news. This, is, this counts as news, according to Diana, and I'm assuming she'll well, tell us why. I don't know where to put internet-related stuff. It's not movies. It's not TV. So I tend to just fuck it, throw it in news. Axe Cop. Because Axe Cop is here to save the day. What dad? This uh, is... Axe Cop is one of the best ideas I have ever heard. We need to exploit the imaginations of small children as much as possible. It, so is, mm. is this real? Is it really? What do you mean? Is it real? It's a car. <laughs> it's it was a, an online comic. Okay. Eventually, it got to be a, a short TV show with uh, Nick Offerman voicing him, which is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, what it is is uh, Ethan Nicole, who was twenty nine and uh, a comics artist, brought in his five year old brother to tell him stories, and he turned them into comics. And uh, yeah, that's stories... what I was that aspect was real. Yeah, and the, the stories were about uh, Axe Cop, who is a cop who fights with an axe. Love it. And uh, he's, his secret brother is Flute Cop. Um, but then Flute Cop, he got some dinosaur blood on him. He became Dinosaur Soldier, who's a T-Rex who has, like, guns for arms. Hmm. Yeah. And um, there's Unibaby. I remember Unibaby is a baby with a unicorn horn, and he can grant wishes. Oh, so... And Ralph Frankel's his dog. All right. So and, he, Unibaby uh... is not a hermit who is trying to bomb people involved with technology. <laughs> <laughs> oh, five-year-old didn't get that reference. It's, Damn it. That yeah, was a dumb five-year-old then, if you ask me. Five-year-old's an idiot. Yeah. Uh, and yep. also, Flute Cop needs to be played by Lizzo. Obviously. Obviously. I pretend I get oh. that. Yeah. Uh, I stand that. Quiet, but, old man. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I... <laughs> Uh, yeah, you be careful or Army Chihuahua's going to get you. Oh, goodness. I'm just trying to make it through this final segment. Obviously a role for Steve. Um, what yeah. And, and how do he's, we want to... He's inter- a, a soldier that can shapeshift into a, a Chihuahua mm-hmm. when he wants to fight, and he fights the forces against Chickenhead. Chickenhead? What, yeah, what's, what's he, this, he kills this, him with a grenade. What's yeah. this next thing that happens on the 8th? Well, there's uh, a really important natural phenomenon, of course. Oh, I'm going to be surprised as you people. Ooh. Rainbow. Oh my god, it's full on double <laughs> rainbow all the way across the sky. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. This <laughs> oh. <laughs> has 50 million views. I love yeah. it so much. We are at the 10 year anniversary of the double rainbow. <laughs> yep. This is the day it happened. Okay. January 8th, 2010. <laughs> His, okay, this man's pure reaction to this double rainbow <laughs> is the same as my reaction to this man's purity of heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. He loves the it's double so rainbow. It's so beautiful. All the way He's across just... the video. Oh. What does it mean? <laughs> 
Yeah, relax, man. It's just refla- refracted light. You're you're just seeing Don't it all. Don't say that. He's, what? He's seeing it no. from a view. Most people will never see a rainbow. Usually there's a cloud or a 7-Eleven in the way. He's sure. in the woods, in the mountains. Yeah. I mean, it's really cool to see like a full, like ha- a semicircle of a, of a rainbow, like the full thing. And yeah. to see two of them, almost three of them. But it, yeah, his purity Terrible. is so wonderful. Paul Bear Vasquez was in just outside Yosemite and he saw that and it was really moving. And he he felt ways about it. And he shared them with us. Moving on to TVs of 2010, uh, January 1st through the 9th. Movies. That's what I said. I said TVs. Third. Did you say third through the ninth or first? I think I said third. You guys. (laughs) I'm pretty sure (laughs) I said it. It's really hard, you guys. I'm pretty sure I I said it all right. I just can't let it go. Dad, I'm doing it fine. Avatar still number one at the box office. Wah, wah. Yeah, get used to that. And it's gonna be there a while. And then another movie that I um, have never heard of, starring Philip Baker Hall and Michael K. Williams and Sanaa Latham and Matthew Broderick, all wonderful people. Hey, you so mm-hmm. Called Wonderful World. What yeah. this hey, about? So we got we got a Philip Baker Hall double feature because he's in Magnolia with everyone else. That's right. Um, this is about uh matthew broderick is a mean jerk and then his roommate michael k williams uh gets hospitalized and his sister sana lathan comes in from senegal and by knowing her matthew broderick becomes less of a dick okay yeah um i mean most of the reviews were like well yeah it's formulaic but it's it's cheerful enough it's it's fine you need something light it's fine whatever uh much better reviews than uh the next the next movie, uh, which I'd never heard of, and I'm really glad that I've never seen. Ooh, crazy on the outside is what you're it, it talking about. It seem to have three people who don't belong in a movie together. Yeah, but you know uh, what? Oh, my bad. The two of them were reuniting from a movie we highly praised last week. That's true. Yeah. Later. Well, he brings in some good people because this is Tim Allen's directorial debut. Are you kidding me? He oh, directed a movie? No. He directed a movie that has... 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, no. oh, he, he made Sigourney Whoa. Weaver do him a favor? Oh, no. Timothy. Crazy on the outside. Let's let's get a gauge on this Tim, Tim Allen directorial debut. After three years in prison, Tommy Zelda couldn't wait to get home. You're my brother. I love you, so I lied. Until he got there. So where have I been for three years? Welcome home from France. Statistically speaking, people who go to France and then get out of France usually end up back in France. <laughs> His old partner is tempting him. Come on, get in. Take me to me. Tommy, I want you back. That take us 12 million. I just got out of prison. And how's that going for you? Got a little mess on the poop deck. His ex is using him. I am going to marry Frank, but you and I are going to see each other whenever we can. That's a pretty lady from Modern Family, Julie right? Bowen. Yeah. And Just Kidding Simmons. Just Kidding Simmons. Oh, boy. It's this, a good cast. How is this not oh, based yeah. on him actually going to jail? How is this possible? I know, right? How is this possible? You'd think you wouldn't want to remind people it's, to it's... have the movie open with it like that he's getting paroled and it's all about him not wanting to go back to jail. <laughs> It's something, yeah, everybody knows about Tim Allen. But what they, mm-hmm. they might not know about Tim Allen is that um, he is, I think he's one of the highest paid entertainers yeah. if you were to adjust for mm-hmm. inflation ever. He so he 
Which right. makes his wh- whining about his television program being canceled. Oh no, it's, it's, it's worse ridiculous. being a Jew in Nazi Germany. It's 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 mm-hmm. it's got to be very hard for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. But sure. but then I, I get I think he he got a million shots at being a movie star, including mm-hmm. directing his own movies, mm-hmm. and it never yeah. really took for him. This seems baffling. Mm-hmm. That exists. The only thing yeah. I can think of is like, well, they used to pay him five million dollars an episode. I, if if it was a whole movie about <laughs> him having to lie to his family about having been in France for several <laughs> years instead of prison, that actually is a kind of a funny concept. To be honest, is that not what it's about? It just li- a life on the outside. Get it crazy on the outside. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, I'm moving on. Moving on. I yeah. want to die. My face hurts. Hey, how about how about go watch Galaxy Quest again? There you I'll go. Watch it again. I loved it. There you go. Uh, See, I'd be confused so with Matthew Broderick up there because he's in that new show, Daybreakers, which I'm watching oh, yeah. from soaking in the fucking tub trying to fix myself, mm-hmm. and it is excellent. I love that show. Ooh. Uh, Daybreakers. But this is a different one with Ethan Hawke, another coast-to-coast fucking yep. 3020 tenor. Yeah. Uh, and Willem Dafoe. And Willem Dafoe, but not Sam Neill. Um, no. no, not that one. It's time for Daybreakers, ladies and gentlemen. Immortality is yeah. Less than 5% of the human population remains. Lack of human blood is becoming a problem. If a blood substitute is not found immediately, this will happen to all of us. How do you feel? I feel fine. They're everywhere. We're talking about the extinction of the human race. No! Daybreakers in theaters January 8th. I did not. Ooh. I did not see this so hard. Yeah, you know, this was. Did this have a different trailer where it was set to running up that hill? Yep. Okay, that made me really <laughs> want to see this movie. This trailer not. does not. Well, the TV spot is usually calibrated to morons. Okay. But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I mean, they come with different themes. Like yeah. you'll see that they're like there was a TV spot for snow falling on cedars mm-hmm. that was just like it's it's a passionate romance. And it's mm. like, mm-hmm. But you're leaving out a lot of stuff there, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so Daybreakers it doesn't have great reviews, but it does have some people that like it, especially because it's doing something different with the vampire genre. Mm. This is about uh, in some in a future, I believe, in the future of 2019, uh, a virus has turned the vast majority of people into vampires, hmm. and so now they're they're. They're trying to build basically a true blood. They're trying to build like a a synthetic blood that will keep people alive. And in the meantime, like trying to find the last of the humans so they can bleed them to keep the majority of people who are now vampires alive. Because if you don't, if you don't get blood, then you turn into like a feral monster and you try to kill everybody. I like the concept. Yeah. Fun concept. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. This one was like, I don't know if I would ever seek this out, but you have my attention. This Mm is a, a different spin. Okay, sort of like a medical thriller, mm-hmm. but in a diff- a different look at vampires. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Interesting. Yeah, like I said, reviews were sort of back and forth. Yeah. That's I don't know. Well, I, I like that Ethan Hawke does these like oddball sort of yeah. movies yeah, that too. are like, you know. I mean, he's in yeah, the, pur- he's t- in the he first Purge, shots. like at the yeah, same exactly, time as right? Boyhood is premiering. Yeah, or he does his, you know, horror movies, but they're always like, well, they got they got a twist to them. They got some sort of concept that makes them interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He does yeah. make interesting choices. Yeah, daybreakers, like daybreakers, and then uh, daybreakers. Uh, I think part of the trilogy of making Michael Sarah a movie star. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it didn't work, but uh, we, we tried with Ray Liotta, Steve Buscemi, Zach Galifianakis, Justin Long, and Fred Willard and Youth in Revolt. To win her over, he'll have to give love. Bad name! I've decided to create a supplementary persona named Francois Dillinger. Bold, contemptuous of authority. Thanks for breakfast. Where are you going? And irresistible to women. You're not going to get this girl by sitting around listening to records. It's time to rebel, Nick. It's time to be bad. How far will one guy go for the girl of his dreams? I burned down Berkeley for you. So romantic, Nikki. Uh, this is the movie where Michael Sarah acts against himself in a mustache? Yes. I'm assuming mm-hmm. it's, it's not without its charm. Well, I I was cautiously optimistic because it's directed by Miguel Arteta. I can never say this. Arteta. Mm-hmm. Um, who, okay, you don't know that name, but he did The Good Girl and Chuck and Buck. Oh. Love Love both of those Chuck movies. Chuck and Buck fucking suck. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I, I gave up on this. I couldn't Ooh. take it anymore. Oof. I couldn't fucking take it. That's I should rough. mention also Portia Doubleday and Gene Smart are in it. I feel like we should credit this amazing cast, but it's just, it's just too fucking twee. Ah. Yeah, it didn't get great reviews either. It. Yeah. I, I was interested because no. I, I was interested. I, I love Arrested Development. And, I, and Michael Sarah yeah. is, I think, like writing and consulting on some of the newer seasons, mm-hmm. which I also mm-hmm. usually like. Like this guy. Yeah, we were really coasting right out of the Twee mm-hmm. kind the, of The phase. Juno era. Yeah, the Juno yeah. era. Yeah. yeah. Didn't last super long because I feel like we just talked about Juno. Well, people but... aren't tweens for very long. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Um, but yeah, I remember giving this a shot as well when it first came out. And either I did not finish it or I watched it all and I don't remember it. So there you go. Mm. That's what that yeah, says I about just... that. You know, I I like it's one of those, I like the idea. The idea is that, you know, he mm-hmm. wants to he he meets this girl, he thinks she's great, he wants to find a way like to get back to her because she lives where he went on vacation. So he's trying to come come up with a way to basically get kicked out of his house by his mom mm. so he can move there. And so he starts doing all this like mean destructive stuff just trying to piss him off. And that's fun. I really like that idea of like a little a little goody goody trying to break bad. Yeah. That's adorable. My promise this movie is so adorable. Mm. Like it's it's like it kind of has that West Anderson itis of like everyone talks really straight and calmly to each other about uh-huh. things what they should be showing emotion but they're not. Oh, I'm glad that you like that Albert Camus book too. Oof. Where it's like, no, in reality, if you're a dork who watches Tokyo Story when you're 16 and you meet some dork who watches Breathless when you're 16, having been that dork, mm-hmm. I can tell you your response is not Oh yes, I really like Jean-Paul Belmondo. It's like, "Oh my god, you like that too?" Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. But everyone everyone's very cool yeah. without being cool. Everyone is just very cool about being cool and mm-hmm. she's just like, "Yes, I know that you're a virgin and you would like to have sex with me. I'm going to mess with your head." Okay, I'm done messing with your head now. Mm. Okay, I like you. Okay, I don't. Mm. And just yeah, everyone is just like weirdly unemotional and that bugs me in Wes Anderson movies and it bugs me here. It's just too fucking cute. <sighs> I just couldn't, I just couldn't connect with them. I'm like, no, you're trying too hard to be clever. Um, I don't like it. How about leap year? Has anybody got anything good to say about leap year? Can I go? No. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm sure people like youth and revolt. And just like I said, I love the idea. Maybe the book is better. But... Well, that's, it's, it's one of those things that we talked <sighs> like about last week with, with Tango and Cash. I like Michael Sarah. 
This should have played on cable for a billion years. I've never heard this movie mentioned or seen anywhere ever again. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. like, teens will find movies, something to love about almost any movie, mm-hmm. and, like, where the fuck yeah. are they supposed to see Youth and Revolt? Never seen it anywhere. If it hits you at the right time as a right. teen, you'll love it forever. Mm-hmm. Totally. Anything yeah. that, like, lightly looks like something you might be going through, and mm-hmm. this is nowhere. If it would have come on Netflix, I would have watched it. Mm-hmm. If it would be, mm-hmm. if it was on cable, I would have watched it. Or it's maybe nowhere. teens are just more discerning now. Maybe. Maybe they, maybe? Watch, maybe they watch The Hunger Games Part 4 over and over again. I mean, it's got Stanley Tucci. I would. Yeah. Just watch it's the first It's got Stanley Tucci with, with funny hair. The yeah. Tucci's loose. Tucci the gang, Tucci baby. The is loose. Leap Year is a movie starring Matthew Good, Caitlin Olsen, Adam Scott, and Amy Adams. And mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of time left in my life. I can my tell. Life. Uh, I'm, <laughs> tears are streaming down my eyes. Mm-hmm. Here's the trailer. I'm going to propose to my boyfriend on Leap Day. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought... Woo! <laughs> That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> this January. I can't let's move. It comes as a real shock to find out that you speak fluent cow. The girl who's always in control. <laughs> will find out what happens. You fried my blackberry. You fried the whole village. When you lose it. No. Wait. Stop it. Right. Okay, what's... Oh, yeah. I think I watched this, actually. No. Yeah, a long time ago. And I believe the story is that she's she goes to Ireland to propose to her boyfriend on the leap day. I got that part. <laughs> well, sorry. I don't know. You seem to be slipping in and out of consciousness. And uh, <laughs> because I think, like, that's the only day a woman can propose to a man, right. I feel like. right. And right. it's it's Sadie Hawkins Day, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, and this is not good. <laughs> and this is yeah. not James Franco. It just looks like him. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I read some background information. They said they wanted to make a movie that's like It Happened One Night or I Know Where I'm Going, which are both really charming, you know, mismatched couple fall in love kind of movies from way back in the day, but. They're not as contrived to make us immediately hate the main character and think Mm -hmm. that she is stupid. There's a lot of falling in mud in this trailer. Yeah, I mean, the trope, I just hate that trope of like, I'm a control Mm -hmm. freak girl. I'm I'm going to the hills of Ireland. I better bring all of my heels. Right. (laughs) Exactly. And not do it. Like, why isn't he proposing? He has to propose this way and this way and this way. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't. Fucking shut up! How dare I propose to a Ugh. man? I must use this ancient tradition that makes no sense. Uh, Maybe it makes sense to the Arshish. No, I don't have the energy to be racist. It's fine. No, I. You know, it says a lot about my brain because I love Amy Adams. I think she is one of the best actresses we have working today. Uh, I, I love. My brain told me that this was Isla Fisher. It just swapped her in oh. because I didn't. I didn't want Amy Fisher to be in this movie. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> my brain tried to protect me. Look, Amy Fisher. She's not. And I like Isla Fisher. Both a lot. of you keep I mean, saying Amy, Amy, Fisher. Amy Fisher. It's wonderful. <laughs> did I say Amy Fisher? Yeah. I know I did. Chrissy Butterfuku uh, over here is really enjoying it. Amy, Amy Adams. I probably did say Amy Fisher. Amy Adams. Amy did. Adams. Amy Adams. Amy Adams is not without making some poor choices, but. She... You're talking about Superman Returns, aren't you? I know she's bringing it up again. <sighs> yeah. 
But yeah, this is not one of her better ones. And also she should have won an Oscar for Arrival. And yeah. for, for coming up the with the greatest masturbation, lady masturbation song since uh, She-Bop, having a me party in the Muppets movie. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> lady, there's a, it's a great masturbation song. Right. I'm having a me party. Don't need any one of you. <laughs> a meat party? A me party. A me party. Could be a oh meat party. God. I don't know what you're up to. All right. I see. I know. I know what I did. I combined Amy Adams and Isla Fisher into one person, Amy right. Fisher. That's Amy right. Fisher. Yeah. I met Amy Adams. I love Amy Adams. And uh, I combined. I don't want her to be in movies like this. Yeah, it's probably for the best. <sighs> Look, you got to get paid. Um, That's true. And uh, I don't know why I'm rushing. There's no television of of like there are a sh- there are not only a dick ton of one season like five episode mm-hmm. reality shows kind of being dumped here. Mm-hmm. I guess this mm-hmm. is the new dumping ground for television. Yeah. There are there are reality shows being dumped on channels that I've never heard of and no longer exist. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and a ton of home and garden reality yeah. programming, which I cannot mm. stand. Why? Mm. Uh, what do you have against shiplax and backsplash and really opening up the kitchen? Yeah. And I pretending just, that we do yeah. a different thing every episode when you do not. All that stuff stresses me out in real life, and it stresses me out to watch people be indecisive about it on television. I mm. like it when a lady slaps me on the backsplash. <laughs> I think it's a compliment. Uh, I'm glad to know this cold isn't really slowing you down at all. Uh, I wish I was dead. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the world my story. Do the plugs. <laughs> um, um, that about wraps up the show. There's like not any games either, but when there are games in January, we will mention them here and we will go further in depth over on patreon.com slash laser time, where every week there's a bonus show, including us coping, loving, hating the new Star Wars. Mm. That happens. Mm. Patreon.com slash laser time. Price of a, I don't know, Popeye's chicken sandwich. Two uh, bags of cough drops. Two bags of cough drops. Mm. Half a bottle of fucking fake throat coat. Oh, that didn't mm. work at all. It said it would cure A couple my... cans of chicken soup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could, yeah, please send me a couple cans of chicken soup. I am out of money. It's been a hard holiday. But I do have a, a hard candy Christmas. I've had a hard oh. candy Christmas. And, mm-hmm. Uh, and and patreon.com slash laser time supports all the shows in laser time network, including laser time, which Diana and Sarah join us for the talk this week about the best movie of the decade. That was so much fun. It was surprisingly Mm. cutthroat and then a bunch of surprises I did not expect. Yeah. Yeah. You people were were pretty rude to call me by your name. I'm not going to, I can't believe I nominated that and everyone (laughs) swatted it to the ground. Ah. I'm uh, setting up false spoilers. expectations yes. because uh, I'm J.J. Abrams, and that's how I create suspense when it's immediately uh, right. undone. Uh, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, it, yeah, that's, bo- that's more bonus time talk. In mm-hmm. uh, Vigium Apocalypse, we're also talking about Game of the Century and the Game of the Year stuff. You're probably not even done listening to it because it took us like a week and a half to record. And hopefully I'm not sick anymore. Part of my Patreon goal this year is to get real adult human health insurance, which I don't have, which I think some of you, uh, if you hit a fever of over 103, you would go to a doctor and it's like, I don't have that luxury. Mm-hmm. I must wait several mm-hmm. days and see if this goes down because I could not afford to deal with... Because America is the greatest country on earth. We really are. Mm-hmm. I could have started to go fund me like my friends the Wilsons just did. It's... Mm-hmm. It, those are I hate like that when an inspiring never forget these inspiring stories come should inspire us to do something else with our tax dollars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ugh. Anyway, Diana, you say something instead of me. 
Diana, okay. where be you? You can follow me on Twitter at listenerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or follow the show at 302010-302010-podcast. Mm. I can't wait to see the plugs that you do for this episode, by the way. Oh, boy. God, because we've got so many themes. Themes. Themes about. I hope it's a gif of someone spreading frog guts with a tire. (laughs) (laughs) That sequence is amazing. I mean, it is. We 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 seem like we were avoiding it to not spoil it, but it's been 20 years. I think it's fair to spoil that whole raining frog sequence. It's awesome. It's so well done. It's biblical, and I still Mm -hmm. don't get it at all. Not even slightly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not even slightly. Well, it is a natural yeah. phenomenon that can happen. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's true. I know, but what does it have to do with anything? Well, anything I don't know. that we just watched, and it, and it didn't. It, it wasn't a Deus Ex Machina like, ah, oh, I can finally date John C. Riley because there are frogs on the ground. Right, right. Like it, 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 it didn't have anything to do with anything. I don't know, but it is a satisfying ending because like all these people experience yeah. this miracle, and horrific. at the same time, yeah, horrifying. there's some horrific results. Yeah. Not a miracle. It's a, miracle. It's a disgusting I mean, if you're a horror frog, show. If you're a frog, mm. I guess I could. Yeah, I could, uh, technically it's a plague. Yeah, or a pestilence. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. yeah, someone please talk. Who's not me? I can't stop. Well, with that, Diana, who died? Nobody. That's a, that's impossible. I couldn't find any famous people that died. Not it's even in a the fireworks New Year's miracle. Oh. All right, so then we got to get with the birthday quiz. Who was born during this period of the show? Blah, 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 birthday. blah, birthdays. Oh, birthday is a doodly doo, a ding dong doodly doodly ding dong doo. Oh, birthday. Okay, this is the first one in a while we've had someone who is no longer with us. Oh. But it would be his 90th birthday this week. Oh, oh porn Paul. January. Nope. No. <laughs> I was going to roll out the polls as I struggle, <laughs> struggle to think of uh, who's that guy who was in the sting. Uh, Paul Newman. There, that's the one. Paul, Paul dressing. Right. No. <laughs> All right. Born January third, nineteen thirty. Passed away in twenty fifteen at the age of eighty five. Uh, his parents were Sicilian immigrants, and he grew up in oh. Little Italy. Ooh, that little kid was me. Um, Italy. Jason Robards. Come on. No, that would have been pretty good, though. Pretty cool. Pretty poetic. He's not going to pull a fucking uh, rabbit faster and die the day of his premiere. No, but uh, speaking of Paul Newman, his first role is uncredited in Somebody Up There Likes Me in 1956. After that, he has 233 credits on IMDb. Name half. Jeez Louise. All right, I will name half for you now. Here are the ones we have talked about on this show. Armed and Dangerous, That's Life, Hot Pursuit, and Relentless. Oh, God. Uh, John Candy? John Candy? What? Armed and Dangerous? Yeah, it was like 30 years ago. You did it 40. Oh, I just did it in my head. That's not 90. That's 2015. Oh, oh, I was way off. My friend, your uh-huh. brains is adult. Okay, yes. Is that All right. Movie? Go on. Relentless is a movie. Amazon Women on the Moon, Smell a Sense of Snow, Wide Awake, and Holy Man. Uh, Holy Jeff Man. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, yeah. Is he dead? <laughs> is he 90? I don't know what realm I'm on anymore. Unclear, honestly. He's a yeah. strange man. Yeah. Hmm. Would have been How, 90. No clue. How about Lost Highway, Oliver and Company, and Over the Robert Top? Robert Loja. There you go. Yeah, in your face, Sarah. Yeah. Oh, good. Hey, okay. your podcast partner's uh. right. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so glad we did not have to get to bigger Independence yeah. Day. I'd be really disappointed yeah. in you guys. I'll eat his fucking heart. Ah. Uh, love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Find Diana on Twitter. 
Remember, Sarah loves you. And thank God Diana chose to go out with you. I, more than the Double Rainbow video, I've it was one of my first remix auto-tune things that mm-hmm. I really, really yeah. enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I watched that a lot. I know. It's so catchy. It got stuck in my head. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I, it's uh, great. Double Rainbow all the way across the sky. Close out with that little miracle, and we'll see you guys next week, hopefully with a better version of me. Oh!